and welcome to another episode of Digital Signage Explored. This week we have the joy of speaking to Frank Pisano from Bluefin, someone who I met a little while ago over at DSE and has a huge vast knowledge of anything digital signage really. But today we're going to talk to him more about the typical pitfalls that you might come across when looking at digital signage for the first time. If you're new to digital signage or if you're looking at these larger implementations of things like retail or corporate uh, installations, especially when we're looking at touchscreen solutions or being able to utilize multiple, multiple facets of different screen resolutions and sizes, this is definitely going to be the session for you. We hope you enjoy it. Hi there, it's Tim here from Digital Signage Explored and today we are joined with, by Frank Pisano of Bluefin CEO. Frank, thank you very much for joining. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you coming on. We've met a couple of times in person at different shows and events throughout the years. Firstly, obviously, when you were working at Brightside and now you're over at Bluefin. Do you want to just give a quick introduction to Bluefin, just what the major focus is and kind of where you're coming from historically? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm almost, I, I guess uh, today marks my 11 month anniversary. Oh, congratulations. So I, I still love to be considered the new guy, but Bluefin's been awesome so far. So great, actually. It's, we're headquartered in Atlanta. Uh, we manufacture custom digital signage solutions. That means different finishes, uh, different form factors, um, and different operating systems. So uh, obviously you and I have worked together very closely while I was at Brightsign and now again at, at Bluefin. So we offer Brightsign, we offer Android, Linux, and Intel solutions. So it's been great. It's, uh, it's nice being on the agnostic side, Tim. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I have asked you for, I don't know how many thousands of pounds of hardware in the past, so I really definitely owe you one. So to repay you, I asked you to come on this show and do this. So that's, that's I love really it. I love it's it. a really unfair relationship. You repay free product with asking for time, but I always <laughs> enjoy spending time together. That's exactly it. Um, so we've, we've come to this show and, and we kind of sat down and talked about this beginning saying, what, what is it that we want to talk about? What makes a lot of sense? And I think given your kind of tenure and experience in the market and, and kind of my experience of just talking to customers, it'd be a really good opportunity to talk about common mistakes. Um, that come up when it comes to selecting certain things and, and really those people that are first looking at digital signage. And I don't want it to be a total doom and gloom show of, oh my goodness, you know, look out for this. This is always going to bite you. But I think it's just that saying, if you've got the, the two or three preparation stages organized, then you're going to miss out on a lot of the pain of getting started. And that might just make, make things a lot easier to get started with. I love it. You bring me on for the negatives and the pitfalls, but um, well, I've seen them all. But I learned from a lot of my mistakes, Tim. But uh, honestly, for what I've seen out there and where I sit is just getting to know the digital signage landscape and that uh, key buzzword is that ecosystem. But it's absolutely true. We couldn't do what we do well without our partners. And we're very reliant on our partners. And then we want to know what's going on with Signage Lab and what the newest, latest and greatest is so we can make the better recommendations and become that consultative property for our customer base, it, mm -hmm. whether it's integrators or if we're talking to an end user directly. And then we push them back through that managed service or that integrator to, to get the full solution. But for us, it's just getting that knowledge about what's going on in the marketplace because it's constantly changing. One of the yeah. things that's really badass about our industry is it's constantly moving. It's constantly improving. I mean, now AI is the new buzzword and everyone's involved mm -hmm. in it. So we have to, you know, we're a manufacturer of displays and with really nice brains in them, right? So right. they can go deploy, but we need, do need to know what's going on throughout the ecosystem so we could be that subject matter expert for our customer base. 
And that yeah. helps that helps them avoid those pitfalls and, and making those big mistakes. I think that's a really good point. And I, I like the fact that because there is a challenge in the industry is that it is so ever changing quickly that I wouldn't ever advise anyone to say, oh, you can go it alone and go buy your devices and go buy a CMS and you can do it all homespun. There is a level for that. I think if you're looking at two or three players, you don't need to go get yourself an integrator unless you already have a good relationship. But if you're looking at anything at any kind of scale, there are specialists out there who will make this much easier for you. And they already have that, you know, they are spending the hundreds of hours flying to different places across the world to get used to the new products that are coming out to see where the partnerships are being developed and where there's a lot more sense in structurally building out. You, you can't, you shouldn't just go and pick out one hardware or one software and go, this is the one, let's go and build out the whole ecosystem based on this because you'll be shooting in the dark pretty quickly. Yeah, and I think it's key to go to best in class and try out about a few things. But, you know, I don't make any mistake at Bluefin. What we're really good at is manufacturing custom displays and we're a hardware provider. So mm -hmm. I want to not be everything to everyone. The ability to do custom is super nice, right? And we're giving customers exactly what they're looking for versus good enough or what exists in the catalog. Mm -hmm. um, so we're able to do that, but man, I don't want to get involved in data and analytics or CMS or any of the, or installations or managed services. We have yeah. great partners and ecosystem that can help fulfill that. We mm -hmm. want to be that partner that is that we stay in our lane and we do what we're really good at doing. And yeah. then we also can make some other influences to, to, to folks that live in the ecosystem that we've seen that are best in class or have had success in certain areas but it's truly up to the integrator or the end user to determine what's the best fit for them in those place, places. I think what you see a lot, and I, I totally concur, I, I, it's a really good insight as well from a hardware perspective. And, and we kind of, you know, we reflect the same thing from a software perspective. We want to be 100% focused on what we're really good at. And by doing that, we increase the quality of the product that, that we build. If we are, from a CMS perspective, we're a CMS that has to try and focus on working with every single device out there, we reduce the overall quality of the software because we're spending too much time just keeping up with product. And it's likewise for the hardware and CMSs, it's just the same, it's the same everywhere. So that's where understanding that early on, that whichever partnership piece you're looking at, you're actually, your best bet is to, to find somewhere in the middle where they have selected a few and it makes, they all make sense for whatever it is. So if it's software, we've selected a few hardware partners that really make the most of, of what the software can do. And likewise, you've got hardware partners that go, we're open enough to allow softwares to go and build whatever they want to based on the structure that we have on some other technical jargon that I probably don't know how to explain. You know, there's, there's limitations on the hardware that, that stop you from doing certain things. And it's just finding the right, and you shouldn't, you don't need to be responsible for doing all of that discovery for you. There are partners that already know what's out there. What's most important is understanding what you actually want to deliver in the first place. That's what you need to come to the table. I, I love it. And I love it in my new role. It's dependent on the content or the software or the CMS partner to say, hey, for this interactive experience, this is the kind of engine we'd like for you to include into your displays because mm -hmm. our software works best in this given environment on this right. brain. And this is the brain we want you to include. And in mm -hmm. that specific device, if it's a relatively simple content and interactive presentation or whatever it might be, we're always flexible. Probably both parties are very flexible. But if it's something super specific that you need high output or a big brain, I like to call it, into those yeah. displays, you can do those too. So mm -hmm. it allows us to 
be nimble and flexible enough. And we have, you know, super low mortar quantities. So it's not really a big deal if you have a one-off in, in a specific area for us to go fulfill that. And, mm. and I think it's important when and folks are putting a digital signage project together to get all those parties together. I mean, right. I was actually at, at a customer site yesterday and they were asking for some recommendations. I'm like, we all operate in the same circles, right? So mm -hmm. we want to make sure that we're operating really closely with them, understanding what they're coming out with, and that we have the right solutions to help out with that, that, that solution. And we have the right, we give the right recommendations. So mm -hmm. proof of concepts don't take too long, right? We right. do something, we get it to them, it works, and they're ready to roll. I think that's, that's definitely... A good point proof of concept as well because it is about proofing out what you've conceptualized works and there was a, uh, a conversation i had actually on the, an, an episode just recently with uh, matt neutra who you might know actually you may have spoken I know to very matt. well yes yeah so we, we were talking about uh, experiential digital signage and like how to deliver that and he came came, came up with this really really cool uh, shoulder piece of content that um, i'll link on this as well where basically he just outlined where you have to start with what ideas what conceptuals and then you go through this proof of, proof of concept value until hey it's a final product and it works one of the things that actually I was looking up some, doing some research on this before, which is that 56% of internal communications teams are considering increasing their digital signage in an organization year on year, which is like, so when you're looking at doing this proof of concept, be cognizant that there is a likelihood that next year you're going to increase that. You're going to double it. You're going to increase it. You're going to keep going. We have a, there's a term for this is land and expand. You know, it's used all the time is someone starts off with 10 licenses and then next year they have 25 or, or 25 devices. And then in five years time, suddenly they're dealing with a network of 200. So it's right. almost like being prepared for that kind of scale early on will help you. Yeah. And, it, and honestly, people are looking for the next cool thing to attract the eye, right? Get people mm -hmm. away cell phones and looking up at, at what they want to, what they want to portray, what kind of communications they want to give. And it doesn't matter what vertical, right? They want, they want folks looking at new stuff. So, so we're moving a, a lot of, and we are still doing a lot of 16, nine screens, as you would imagine, as are you and, and most of the industry doing yeah. some cool shit too, right? Like just to make, just to attract that eye to get people stop, to stop looking at phones. I'm guilty of it. I'm constantly on my phone. I love that report that tells me every week how long I'm on it. And it oh, I don't think. look at that. Don't look at that. No, no, no. So, and then, and then if you, I mean, obviously in the interactive space, it, it, get people engaging. And you already talked to Matt Neutra about interactive experience. You talked to somebody super smart, way smarter than I am, but as far as how to make all that stuff happen, but I'm big on the industry trends, obviously. Um, very involved in Digital Signage Federation and, and the VIXA world and seeing what the trends are doing and what kind of tailwinds we have in digital signage. It's super exciting, right? And the interactive portion of that is growing. Uh, yeah. People want, they want cool stuff. They, they do. And they want to they wanna be able to get something to engage. And that really helps, whether it's helping with their corporate branding or, or helping sell product at retail or helping mm -hmm. engage their, you know, airports are a lot of times they're paid by the customer experience, right? They're, you have a lot of people getting bonuses based on how that customer experience is on their journey. So uh, mm -hmm. to do that, a lot of times digital signage plays a huge impact in, in a lot of those spots. Yeah, I, t I totally agree. I don't necessarily think there is a bad hardware or a bad software out there. There are a few outliers where, you know, there, there are some software companies in it for the wrong reason or whatever, but more, all in all, all of them bring something to the table. I think where people often go wrong is they go out and buy X product 
and then go, all right, retroactively, what do I need to fit this in with what I have today? You know, I bought a load of Raspberry Pi devices. Okay, where's the CMS? Or I go and bought a signage live license and it goes, uh, well, I've got some PCs. You know, it's like all of this kind of, it can't be done in silo. It has to be done at the same time. So it's a very small industry. I think everybody, I've been in digital signage for about seven years now. I don't know everything, but I've, I've, I feel like now I've pretty much seen the gamut of all of the options out there. The new one turns up and it goes on the radar pretty quickly. So we do all know each other because we have to work with each other, right? Yep. We, you, there's no point in coming to the market with a new CMS and not going to talk to every single hardware vendor out there to understand where it would fit. So very quickly, everybody understands their part in the puzzle and they're all kind of making best decisions next on how to appease the future of digital signage, you know, whether it's AI, whether it's scalability or whatever those next kind of buzzwords are or the big hitters. But making sure that you've got an understanding of what you want to deliver first and then going, okay, well, I'm going to go speak to this person who has, or this reseller or whoever it might be that has a relationship and they've got four or five hardware devices that they tend to work with and they also know which CMSs work with it and they can kind of lead me down that path. Um, I put together a quick acronym here, Ooh, which that. I'm working on it, but it's when you're starting with digital design, you've got to look at reactions. So reason and research. So understanding why do you need it? Like the, one of the things I had with Jason Alt was, why do you need digital signage? And Dave Haynes actually said similar thing. It's just, before you even start, do you need digital signage? Like candidly, is a billboard actually what you're after or a pinwheel or whatever it might be? Uh, e for execution, how do you want to implement it? You know, do you need it inside, outside facing screens? Do you need interactivity and touch screen? Do you need video walls? Do you need, you know, what is it actually doing? Who's going to be responsible for looking after it? And that's the big chunk of it. Then you've got the action. At this point, you've got enough information to go and reach out to resellers or partners and saying, okay, this is my idea, how do we do this? Then you look at your CMS, your technology, that's C and T. So you've got, right, which CMS works with which hardware, what all makes sense. I, installation, get those dates arranged. Then you can start doing your proof of concepts, configure it all, get it installed. Then you've got ongoing support, which is another really important one. Make sure that you have a good support system for whatever it is you install. Absolutely. I don't care how good your hardware and or software is, there'll be some kind of problem and Absolutely. you will need to speak to someone. Um, there's no CMS out there that's perfect. We're not one of them, but you know, it's being aware of that and offering the support around it. Um, and then S is surveying. So AB testing, making sure that things are working as expected, getting the best out of the content and just adding in some value to the customer, to, to whoever it is you're speaking to and, and to their journey. So that's, I'm working on it, but I think that's where we're getting to with that. I like it. Don't make me start spelling stuff. So I, I appreciate no, no. it. I didn't know where you were going with some of that acronym at first, but. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I'm going to find out now I've spelled it wrong. And I was like, <laughs> it's totally, this totally a nonsensical word or even more is like a Is this an English spelling or is it like is it some UK trying to spell? No, I think it's, I think it's right. I'm I've got to double, I will, do you know, before this episode even comes out, I'm going to double check that. Um. You know, in, in our experiences, the old adage, you get what you pay for is definitely true in digital signage. I mean, or you're looking for something where you need good support because you're new to digital signage, you know, mm -hmm. support's a huge portion of that. Um, if you're an expert and a do-it-yourselfer and you've done this before and that's not as important to you, there may be some other tools out there that you could use. But I mean, for, for us, one of the things that we do is we love to be able to connect the dots for our customers. You know, right. there's the, the one throat to choke where a lot of times the integrator, whoever's deploying is, is responsible for, but being able to, to make sure that your hardware partners working with your software partner could potentially be working with 
another content partner and then having yeah. those really good, solid relationships with those managed services. So you don't get into a situation where everyone's pointing fingers if something does go wrong. That um, is everyone's that, willing to work together at it. That is probably one of the worst things. And and we I've experienced that just from marketing tools and like where you go, this thing isn't working. They go, Well, it's that person, that that company's fault. And then you end up in the circle where technically it's no one's fault, and then you're stuck. Um there is there's two sides of support as well. There's like the, the help yourself support, as you mentioned, like how good is the documentation? Like if I'm going to go and onboard a new software tool, first thing I do is just go into the support pages to see how in-depth this is. Sometimes it's like you get six PDFs and you're like, what am I going to do if I get stuck here? There's just nothing right. to go off of. And then there's the physical, you know, the in-person, how quick are they picking up the messages? How quickly is their support are picking up issues? And keeping you informed with that kind of stuff is all pretty critical when it comes to that growth stage. It is. Um, and, you know, I, honestly, from where we sit, if you're going to look at something super custom that's never been mm. created before, sure, we'll do it for you. That's what we do. That's part of our value proposition, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever uh, operating system you want on it, we'll either finish or frameless or countertop or whatever you really want it to make that solution. Mm -hmm. But to mine, it's about a four to five week production time for us. We are our own manufacturer, yeah. so we can get it in line. But at the end of the day, if you need something that you want an extra one or two down the road. Now we can get strategic on larger rollouts and keep some inventory and have the customer keep some inventory. But mm -hmm. if you're choosing something extremely custom, <laughs> you just have to recognize that maybe a four to five week build time if you're choosing something that is what we would consider more core or, or just yeah. a slight tailor um, to what we're looking at doing, that's quicker, right? So the customer has to determine what that looks like for them. And sure. we do a lot of stretch screens. Sometimes we even have to cut the LCD for sure, right? And then when you're doing that, you may be adding a little bit of time. So one of the pitfalls I find too is just make sure you're giving all parties the right amount of time. I mean, that, that right. leads to the support question too and your proof of concepts and making sure that everyone gets everything right before you do mm. large deployments. But make sure that everyone's got enough time that you were not under the gun before a basketball or a hockey season start or right. we're doing something more custom. If we're doing something more core, of course we can, we can find things that that could deliver, but is that going to be exactly what you want for that experience? Yeah. And that's actually a question I wanted to ask you just in the way that the Bluefin works because you're obviously you do a lot of custom work. Um, and is that custom work typically something that is um, negotiated by like a reseller partner or is that typically an end user coming up to you direct? Cause my assumption would be more of that is customer direct for the custom content, but I really don't know. Generally, it's the either the reseller bringing that end customer to us or us working with an end customer to see who their channel partner mm -hmm. is that's going to help them with all the managed services or installation or any of those things. Yeah. Uh, we really operate in core, tailored, and custom, right? And yeah. uh, our core stuff is we have some light assembly that we can do here in Georgia and the States also have the ability to do it in Amsterdam and, and other spots throughout the world where we can take, say, maybe a bright sign board right mm -hmm. here, swap it out for a different bright sign board or Intel or Android. And that's that's light assembly that we could do mm -hmm. here in our manufacturing, in our assembly or where our warehousing is. Uh, right. The stuff that's at board level design that generally looks a little bit more custom. So maybe you mm -hmm. want the SD player the card on the bottom or you want the power in a certain area. So you don't have to go and deploy electricians to go 
and alter everything for a retrofit or even for some new installations. So board right. level design generally takes a little bit longer for us to do mm -hmm. and becomes a little bit more of a custom need. Um, yesterday, we had a very unusual situation where they didn't need speakers. They didn't need all this other places that were in the back of our screen, but they needed more air ventilation because of where they were integrating this into their fixture. Well, that's interesting. It looks a little bit so, more custom, but yeah. it's not difficult for us to do. The answer is going to be yes, but it looks like a little bit more custom because what they're asking for the power or the connectivity is different than where we would normally do it. So that's going to be more of a custom um, procedure for them and no big so deal for us. That's, that's an interesting one as well, because obviously talking about there, you've got ventilation. And if we're talking about, if we go to corporate communications, it's most of the time, you know what you're going to be putting on. It's going to be in a well-ventilated, dry, reasonable temperature room, and it's sitting there doing the same thing every day. But you've got QSR, where you've got high temperatures you have to deal with. You know, you've got frying machines going on. You've got incredible heat space to, if you want to have screens above, uh, you know, cooking apparatus. You've got outdoor screens, which also have incredible temperatures that they may need to reach, or places with higher levels of smog and factors and things like that, yeah. factory areas where it's all stuff that you've got to consider whether you, you don't need, I wouldn't expect anyone looking at digital signage today to go, oh shoot, right, let me write this down. Like I need to go and check out my smog factor for my screen. Like that's just, you don't need to go down to that level. But that's where all these resellers come in and really add their value. And those that know their salt go, oh, I see you want to put the screen there. Have you considered this, this and this? And that also ties in with like, oh, you've told me you want to put a screen up there. You realize that you're going to have to put one word in the biggest font you can find because what you've done is place that screen 700 meters away from anyone that's going to be able to see it. Absolutely. So there's all these factors of consideration that I've seen some good, really good resellers walk into a room and in the nicest possible way, shoot down exactly what the end customer said they wanted and explained exactly why that was the wrong way for it to work. Things I've never considered, but they just have that integral understanding of what, what can and cannot be done in those spaces. In general, Tim, they're, they're shooting down the, some ideas because they want to put their customers in more standard solutions. They want to actually mm -hmm. have what's available on the shelf or something that they know exists in the catalog. That's the difference of what we bring to them. Like, mm. We're actually doing some outdoor uh, screens right now where we have to maybe tune down the sensitivity of the touch because you may have a jacket that brushes past it and you don't want that to change maybe a station or, or whatever they're watching. At, at Interesting. A so that it was an answer that in many cases, an integrator would say, no, that doesn't exist. I'm not gonna go to right. that supplier and ask them to tune down touch on 40 units, but that's mm -hmm. something that, you know, the, that we love, uh, what I love about my role at Bluefin is very rarely is the answer no. Um, mm -hmm. it, sometimes it's, we absolutely could do that, but have you thought about this, right? Like mm -hmm. we're putting a lot of shelf edge in, in right now that then displays. Yeah, I love the shelf edge product, it's great. Very cool product, but mm -hmm. putting it at the bottom of a fixture where a shopping cart can run into it, probably not the smartest application, but generally mm -hmm. in POCs, a lot of times the proof of concepts, they're going to equip a, a, a damn display at a grocery store with 20 screens. We love that. We love the revenue, but we're the first ones to say, hey, listen, <laughs> you probably don't want to put a shelf edge at the bottom where a grocery cart can smack into it. And we could build that out with, with different things to make that a little bit more robust and build housing around or maybe some protective glass. But ultimately, you start scaling yourself out or you start getting yourself out of scalable opportunities. So 
while mm. we love those opportunities to do and we, we love collecting the revenue for them, a lot of times we're the consultative that says, hey, good idea, but maybe your design, you should really be looking at more stretch headers at the top of yeah. that picture versus equipping too much and making it making that little fixture look like an NASCAR advertisement with, with too many lights that could actually right. ultimately distract customers. Yeah. No, I, I think you're 100% right. I think there is a middle ground somewhere where some ideas are bad ideas and some ideas are difficult ideas, which are achievable. And those are the ones that actually are going to deliver the most value. And then you've got, as you say, the more out of the box, this is the more standard concept. But there's, there's a fine line between saying, this is a fantastic product. Let's go and ask for these tweaks or changes to make it even better or to really fit our environment. And then you just know sometimes you go, I mean, I don't, although I talk a lot of theory, if I put myself in a situation where I had to go and refit out a stadium of digital signage a day, I'd be like, this is a big undertaking. There's a lot of factors to think in here and you really, you really have to work through this, this kind of list of, of things. And kind of one thing we haven't talked about, and I've talked to death about it on every other episode, so I won't go into too much detail, but it also comes down to content. Like yeah, screens absolutely. are great, CMS is great, but if your content's rubbish, Got to think about that first, you know, Go, what, the question shouldn't be what displays do I want, it's sort of what do I want to display and Absolutely. then working on the limitation of or, or, or the, the feature set around that. Yeah. And, and, and when you determine that content and what you want it to be, obviously you want whatever hardware you choose to be future proof. The last, right. the last thing people want to do is rip and replace. That's why we use all super high quality components to go into that because the last thing people want to do is go and rip and replace something that's because they've changed their content need. So you just have to okay. have enough headroom in these projects, knowing that what you're deploying right now on, on, you know, in 2023 may not be what you deploy in 2026. You want to get more creative with what you're putting in. Um, and mm -hmm. and I, I think we work with a lot of customers on that too, just to say, Hey, you may want this, you may want 4k content in three years, right? You may not want it now, but yeah that's going to determine the board we put in, right? That yep. the point, and that is, is it field replaceable? It could be with somebody that really knows what they're doing, but you're on an outdoor enclosure, you're getting yourself into to more procedures that you have to think yeah. about, right? So, and there's more cost at that point as well, where you put, if you invest it in early and then you have that there for the long future, then you've got that built in legacy that you can start using. Um, I won't say names, but I, I was speaking to a customer the other day who decided that they just had it with a particular piece of hardware. It wasn't actually a digital signage piece of hardware, so completely out of the industry, but, um, and they decided we just cannot deal with these things anymore. And they were not cheap pieces of hardware, and there's about 25 or 30 of them. And they probably decided to trash $70,000 worth of hardware and said, no, we've got to rip it out. That's not only the time and investment that was lost from actually doing the, in, the integration from the start and all of the labor and resources it took to get that ready then to throw it out and say we're down on those and now we've got to go buy a replacement and start all over again it doing that research and actually again something that comes up as a common theme is doing a proof of concept with some kind of longevity we go right we're going to have this thing turned on for two two weeks no one's going to touch it we're going to use it as it should be used and just view and, and see what happens and put it into its element and just see if that's the right fit for us yeah, we like to do, we actually do some bench testing here ourselves with that too. And just to say, mm -hmm. hey, listen, depending on what the partners we're working with, we may not have enough resources to go and truly do some of that. So I don't mm -hmm. mind doing and putting some of our resources to work. Um, we have 
a demo room here. We have benches in the back to light something up and let it go. We generally do it with product before it leaves the warehouse. But mm -hmm. in many cases, I love to just test things in our own little demo spaces here. Um, but that's interesting. So then you could you basically either find either go and do your own proof of concept or find someone that will do the proof of concept for you completely off site so you can get that peace of mind. I love doing them in uh, concurrently, right? If we're going to do something mm -hmm. for a customer and send it out to them and I have, I can do it also here. Um, so if they do find something that we could try to replicate it or, mm -hmm. um, you know, it just, it just makes us knowledge is power, Tim. So, um, you know, if we can, if we can play with it ourselves and, and understand what they're going through at the same time, it's great. And you know, yeah. many cases, uh, our world is a little easier, right? It's manufacturing a, a quality piece of hardware with a brain in it, but where mm -hmm. it gets the complexity is when you put a software application on it or, or a piece of content that maybe it doesn't like, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like my cell right. phone this morning when I was frantically trying to get out of the house to get across town to come to the office and decided that, mm -hmm. you know, it, it was, it, it didn't like the app that I was using uh, and mm -hmm. it made me re, kind of reboot that app, right? So mm -hmm. uh, in many cases I, I, with technology, it, it can be finicky at times. That's why we love to do our own internal testing. Yeah, no, 100%. No, I appreciate that. I think honestly, Frank, that's all the questions I had. Is it, Was there anything in particular that you wanted to cover or mention just in terms of common mistakes, things you want to basically put the warning out in advance to say, look, do this before we, before you start? Well, what I, what I love about our industry is not only is it really cool people in it, but we have a lot of opportunities to, to do the network and learn from others, right? So mm -hmm. obviously with Digital Signage Experience or any of the Digital Signage Federation things that we do throughout the course of the year, I'm a real proud member of Digital Signage Federation. So we know that, mm. that membership very well. Um, so we get to, you know, not only hang out with really cool people, but also get to learn from them. our industry. Yeah was a tremendous amount of really smart people and your cast of characters with the, thank you for dumbing it down for me, Tim. I appreciate that. Oh no, this is my level. Cool. This is, you know, I wanted, I want, I wanted to go a little bit lower cause I'm starting to feel real stupid with all the people that, that I've had on the call. Me, if, you know, I hear all these people, these really super smart people on this. I was like, what the hell was Tim thinking having me? But you know, I know if I've started to feel a little bit in, a, you know, I'm not in the right space here. So I'm a lot more fun than them, but they, they actually have the brain power <laughs> over me, but um, but that I'm still is, looking, I'm still looking up this, there's, you know, there's still an upwards trajectory looking here, but it's just that we can at least speak the same language and a li little less technical. You, you take, you take it in and dumb it down for me. But honestly, I, I, those are the types of people that we get to interact with at these events or whatever it might be. And it's pretty cool because we do have this, this industry in our little niche of digital signage, you do truly have some brilliant people that are subject matter experts in certain fields. And, and one of the reasons I love this, this industry is it provides me a ton of energy to go and talk to these people and say, hey, listen, I may maybe in over my head when I'm talking to AI, about AI, mm -hmm. well, but I got people that I know that know it really well, right? And right, yeah. I, mean, I utilize it every day in my life with, you know, to, to make me appear smarter, um, for sure. Mm -hmm. But in, in many aspects, like we do have experts in our field that we can go to and we can actually leverage that network with our customer base to make it a better overall solution. I love that shit. Yeah, totally. I appreciate it. Frank, thank you very much for jumping on. Um, no worries, Really love to have you on the show. Love to have you on another episode at some point. Maybe we can go into you know something more positive as a spin. But I really do think this is an episode that's been insightful because it's, it's just the things that you should know about before getting started. And 
follow these rules, follow what Frank said, follow what I've added on there, and uh, everything will be perfect. There won't be any issues, and everything's going to be fine. Uh, never an issue. I love it. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks, Frank. Uh, take care, man. Thank you very much again for watching another episode of Digital Signage Explored or listening, of course. Uh, Frank obviously always comes with the good stuff and he really did add in some value. I hope for everyone on this session today, if you do want to listen along or watch along, you can always subscribe to us on the LinkedIn newsletter. The LinkedIn is under Signage Live. You can follow myself. My name is Tim Baker at, uh, and I'm on LinkedIn as well. And I'll be adding in posts and snippets from the shows as we go forward. And you can just begin to learn a little bit more. We're looking to create a community of individuals that really offer as much uh, insight as possible for you looking at digital signage for the first time or maybe even looking to brush up for your future installations or expansions. If you've got any questions, feel free to reach out to us at signagelive.com. Otherwise, we'll speak to you on the next one. Thanks very much.